0: You are listening to Hello, Francis, a podcast for curious creatives and nano entrepreneurs who seek knowledge, purpose, and community. Hello, Francis is brought to you by the creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy, and is recorded at the Francis Roy office in Valparaiso, Florida. A lineup of guests, friends, and mentors candidly share their diverse wisdom and experience. Never to exceed 30 minutes, this podcast is an easy addition to your playlist of favorites. Let's get started with this week's guest. Hello, you're listening to Hello Francis. I'm your host, Chantel Dedicke, and I have Kate McMillan with Destin Charity Wine Auction Foundation here with me today. Hey, Kate. Hey, thank you for having me. Of course, so, okay. I feel like you guys are such, like this giant, amazing industry or um, organization, and I wanna make sure I get everything, right? Because we've had nonprofits on the show before, And sometimes we get questions like, how how does this tie into creativity? And I think maybe before I attended Harvest Wine and Food Festival this weekend, I would have had more questions, but it just kind of is in everything that you guys do. All your dinners, everything is really a production. There's a lot of cool things going on. I mean, you're the director of marketing communications, for this, yes. uh, this organization, is that just at the forefront of everything that you do? Yes. And it,
1: you know, I feel so fortunate to have the job that I do yes. and have the team that we have. Cause I mean, we're, a, we put on some large productions, but we were a very small, but mighty team of four okay. women. Um, and so, you know, our relationship is really good and our creativity collectively as a group is really good. And yes. so it's, our office is a very safe space for me to come out with some crazy idea and be like, okay, but so what if there was a woman pouring champagne upside down? <laughs> on the entrance tent, and they'll either be like, okay, just no, or they'll be like, Yes, let's do it. Who, who do we know? You know? And so it really breeds a lot of creativity and a lot of new, exciting ideas that I think really allows us to be innovative in our role as um, a foundation and a fundraiser in our market.
0: So, you know, we're big fans of what you guys do. And our team got to help a little bit for your big fall event or harvest event. Let me use that word instead of fall. But there were just so many like details and um, little like creative elements throughout the entire event. Everything's really thought through. How long have you guys been doing this particular event? So
1: this was our sixth Harvest Wine and Food Festival. Prior to that, we had a great partnership with Seaside. We were the producers of Seeing Red Wine Festival. And Uh, after 2016, in 2016, we had a really great year with them, a really successful festival. And at that point, we made the amicable decision that we wanted to have a fundraiser that was just ours, that benefited our 17 charities. And they wanted to have a fundraiser that very specifically uh, benefited Seaside School. Mm. So um, we kind of adjusted our weekends, we moved next door, um, and have continued to have a good partnership with them. But for every year, we've, you know, we've learned and we've grown um so our first year in 2017 um was beautiful um we did i want to say three wine dinners on thursday evening it is it's a it's now a four-day event. At the time, it was a three-day event. Okay. We did three wine dinners on Thursday. We did this event that we called the Alfresco Reserve Tasting on Friday, which was sort of like this elevated tasting under what then turned into the VIP tent the next day, like okay. in the park where we had several wineries pouring, but a little bit higher end wine than what you might see in the Grand Tasting the next day. Mm-hmm. All the celebrity chefs that were cooking um, at the different dinners, um, and then a few others were in there, and We had- a jazz band and it was more cocktail attire. Um, and then on Saturday we did our big grand tasting and then that was the end of the weekend. Um, so then in 2020, um, was, you know, small pandemic that probably nobody's heard of happened, <laughs> right. And we were sort of forced to rethink how we did all of our events, but we knew right. that we still needed to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, because, You know, we benefit 17 children's charities here locally. Yeah. And they, during a time like that, particularly needed our funding more than ever. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we were also just coming off the heels two years prior of Hurricane Michael. Um, And so we had seen in our area this huge influx of people that were requesting their services. They were still adjusting to that. And then the pandemic hit and a lot of their services were either shut down or adjusted and their fundraising was certainly halted. Yeah. So we needed to get creative and so what we did instead was we decided to
0: um,
1: put pause on all of our bigger events and do that year we did 10 micro events. So we did nine dinners and a brunch, all for 40 guests or less. And what we did was we sat you by party. So if you were, you made a reservation for two, you were only sitting with the person that you felt comfortable with. We did as many things outdoors as possible and we kept everybody really spread out. So everybody felt safe. They felt comfortable. We continued with our virtual auction. So even if you weren't comfortable in a crowd, you could still participate that way. Um, And we were really, really successful. We ended up raising um, almost as much money that year in harvest as we had in previous years. Um, You know, there was, just the Having difference. the big
0: production. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a
1: difference in expenses. Um, sure. And people really were, were hoping, really wanted to give. So that went really well. And what we learned was that people really loved the dinners. So then coming out of the pandemic last year, we brought our grand tasting back. Um, we kept our brunch, which was something we introduced during the pandemic because people just... Really loved it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something a little different after a weekend of wine. It's a cocktail inspired brunch. Um, And then we expanded our dinners and we got rid of our Friday night events. So we just did double the dinners and we spread them out over two nights. And I think we've really kind of hit our stride. Yeah. Um, This year we had perfect weather, which is amazing weather. The one thing you can't control. Um, And one thing we like neurotically... Stare at our weather apps for like the 10 days leading up to it. I'm sure. But it was great. I mean, it was like 80 degrees. It was sunny. Perfect. It was cool in the evenings for the dinners. Um, the brunch was beautiful. Uh, 360 Blue is a big partner of ours, and they are kind enough to donate um, homes for a lot of our celebrities to stay in, and then also a home for us to um, host some of those more intimate events, some of our dinners and the brunch. So it's just, it's a fun weekend. We work with a lot of our favorite restaurants in the area. A lot of our favorite wineries come in, um, and
0: it's just it's a good time yeah there's so many from like a guest perspective there are so many ways to experience culture and the arts really there are so many different creative you're all the menus were really creative and interesting um they were well balanced the chefs that you guys um brought in were really cool i mean there was just I just thought it was so well done top to bottom but each like i, I got to go to a, a few of the vintner or, or the winemaker dinners and i loved how each event had its own personality um and you can kind of see how it drew like um a certain group of people together to like one place i got to go to Ovide, and that was just a beautiful mm-hmm. uh dinner and they did a really good job there and i thought that was really cool but there are all of these artistic elements and you don't get to see that very often i think in um like when the focus is really fun development you know like yes you just don't get to see that very very often do you think that that sets you guys apart that you're able to do that
1: I think so. I mean, our goal is to raise money for our children's charities. That's the yeah. ultimate goal, but we do that by hosting these high-end wine and culinary events. And, you know, it's, it's hard work, but what we always say in the office is that we get the fun job. We mm-hmm. throw the big party or, you know, the party in general. Um, mm-hmm. And then we're able to turn around and give those dollars to those that are really doing the hard work. And, and that's working. big impact, right? It like, is. Yeah, it is. We, we donated $3.775 million just from last year. It was our best year ever for fundraising. Um, but yeah. We've raised a little over twenty eight million since our inception in two thousand and five. And our whole goal with that is that you know our charities, the person that's fundraising and the person that's handling client services, those are two very different jobs. Right. Um, and they're both full-time jobs that really require teams of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes the charity's resources really don't allow for that to be two separate people. So we really try and help take the fundraising off their plate as much as possible so they can really focus on the kids. What an interesting model. Yeah. And you know, and it's over the years, we have a gentleman on our board, Bob Gelardi, who has Love been with Bob. us. Oh, he's great. Yes. He's been with us for, gosh, I've been with the foundation for six and a half years. And he's been there much longer. And he really came in and reshaped how our Charity Relations Committee worked. Interesting, And really had this, it was his brainchild to take our charities and really bring them together and make them more of a family. Yeah. Um, and with us taking that fundraising off their plate, it really takes a lot of competition out of that group. Mm. Um, so twice a year, we have all of our executive directors come together with our executive committee, our staff, and our charity relations committee. And we all get into a room together. They all go around and give updates. And then they all have to say things, resources that they need and resources that they have to share. And it's really cool to watch them because you know, Mental Health Association, for instance, may have gotten a donation of like shampoos and sanitary products and things from a hotel that isn't something they need. Well, Shelter House needs that all the time. And right. Shelter House may have extra office space in Crestview, which is an area that mental health is really needs to reach, but didn't have a space to operate their services. So they'll trade um, and work together. And it really really helps them help more kids and help kids more effectively. Because if you, you know, are homeless, you're probably hungry. Mm -hmm. And you probably don't have health care. And so identifying... you need after
0: school. And you need all of these things, all of these resources. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, that
1: has got to be so overwhelming for the family too, yeah. but being able to identify those kids and have the time to be able to spend with them and then say, Hey, I can also refer you for these services. And they can really work together to make sure mm. these children are happy, healthy, protected, and ultimately breaking whatever cycle of poverty or abuse that they may have found themselves in by no fault of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that we're, you know, we're moving into our 18th year in operation and it's really special for us to be able to see their kids that were helped at the beginning that mm-hmm. are now adults. Wow. And you know, they're starting businesses, they're joining the military, they're going to college for the first time mm-hmm. or a technical school. What an amazing story is really, yes. Yeah. You know, they're having, they're having families, um, they're owning homes, they're doing all of these mm-hmm. things that may not have been in the cards for them if our charities haven't stepped in to help them at
0: some point in their lives. You guys really know who your audience is on both sides of the foundation. I think of that to me, just from an observation, um, like just observing, it's like you really know who your donor is and you really know who you're serving and that kind of just having that dialed in allows you guys to have a huge impact i think
1: well thank you for saying yeah. that we mm-hmm. we really we work really hard at those pieces yeah. if this community is so there's a lot of need in this community mm-hmm. that sometimes isn't seen because it's such a beautiful area right. there is also an incredible amount of generosity in this community mm-hmm. that I've, I've lived in a lot of different cities in my life. Um, I have never seen really anything like this, mm-hmm. um, particularly for such a small town. Right? Right. I mean, the giving is just unreal. And we're, I, I think I can speak for everybody on our team. We just all feel so blessed to be able to even serve in some small role as a conduit between those two. Yeah. And um, being able to be a part of that and experience it and feel like we, we're doing high purpose work really. Mm-hmm make something that would already be fun, you know, planning events and doing these things just yeah. really makes it so much
0: more meaningful for us. Well, and we get to experience it a little on the side that that is impacted with the Boys and Girls Clubs and, you know, our relationship with them and how much your dollars really help them in terms of, you know, being able to serve more kids. They were the first um, Boys and Girls Club to open back in the state of Florida after mm-hmm. um, COVID or you know while covid was happening they opened as quickly as they could and you know if you look comparatively at other cities not having the support like you guys offer i know that those dollars are very instrumental in them retaining their staff during those times and um, making sure that their doors were open for kids because frankly we comparatively we opened up back to schools pretty quickly here yes. and so their need in d- to to be open was was pretty serious so
1: it really was i mean you mm-hmm. think about we opened up schools real, relatively quickly yeah. businesses opened back Mm. up pretty quickly here in an effort to keep our economy strong, but that means that those parents absolutely needed a place for those kids to go. They needed it. Yeah. um, And you know, they did, Shervin and his team do such an incredible job. I think he Mm -hmm. said at our check presentation this past year, um, I might maybe misquoting him, but I believe he said that for every dollar we give them it has not I think he said an eight dollar $8 multiplier. Multiplier back. into the economy. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like two hundred thousand dollars becomes, you know, well over a million dollars of economic
0: impact, which is which is an incredible thing to really think about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't know that necessarily I've seen that kind of multiplier in other um, situations or industries here. I know that tourism definitely has, you know, an economic impact in our area, but the work that they do, and I think that the work that you help them support, be supportive, and it's always so interesting when an organization has a national component. Yes. Because they're not dialed in to really what's happening in our, you know, they call this area the bubble sometimes because things are just not, you know, they're a little bit of an anomaly, you know, like mm-hmm. us opening up early and things like that. But in order for them to be positioned to be able to go to a national or district or whatever and say, hey, we've got to open up because we need to be here for our kids. And we want to make sure that our staff you know, yeah. retains their jobs and things like that. I think it just requires that extra level of support. you know. So that is so interesting to see from their perspective um, how your dollars are really impacting them. So yeah, Absolutely. And it was interesting to see
1: from our donor standpoint too, because while we were open and it, while we were open, some of the other states that we see clients from, or maybe they have separate homes there or whatever that come to our auction, come to harvest, maybe weren't it, it, they, every everyone had different regulations for a long mm. period of time, California, very specifically. And we rely so heavily on our relationship with our, oh, our that's vintners. so true. I didn't even think about that. I mean, we, they the generosity out of them. They donate all of the wine that they send us. Mm. They send, they, they come here themselves when they can. They, I mean, and this is, you know, through forest fires and smoke taint and drought and their tasting rooms not being able to be open i mean they've consistently shown up to make sure that we are able to keep offering our services not just for us but for the other people in the community and and in the in the country that they support but they have been really particularly i mean they they all kept their auction lots with us in 2020 um they they almost all of them all of them excuse me um cause we'd already received our wine. So when everything shut down, just as a, a side story in the middle of March in 2020. So our auction is the last weekend in April every year. So we were like really well on our way. You know, the catalog was done. Um, all of our auction lots are put together. All of the wine had been received because once it gets to March, it's hot. Yeah. So, um, shipping becomes either more expensive or a little unreliable because okay. wine cannot get warm or see sunshine. Um, so everything usually gets to us in February. So we had, you know, like 60 cases of wine from all these people for their dinners and for granted all. Yeah. And they all said, you know, keep it, use it, use it. However, you could just raise money, do whatever you need to do or save it. And we'll be there next year. You know, nobody asked for any of their stuff back. Same with our sponsors. Nobody took their sponsorships back. They all left their money with us that year. And it was, it was really incredible. Um, But, you know, as things to going back to your point about things opening up and us needing those services, Mm -hmm. it was really interesting to see some of these people that live elsewhere that, that flew to us or came to us during those years. Some of them were just shocked and amazed at <laughs> Florida. Right. Um, but for the most part everyone was just so excited to get back together again and it really showed under the well at harvest last year under the tent in April and then again we weren't really sure this year we've been open for a while like is it gonna die down? did not. I mean, people are just pumped to get together. They are excited to give. They want a reason to get together. They want a cause. um, And it's, I mean, we've just been blown away.
0: That's crazy. So let's talk about, cause I want to make sure we have a little time to talk about your big weekend that's coming up yes. in April. So share with us a little bit the days, what can we expect? I mean, we know you're going to have a little bit of a theme, so mm-hmm. design wise, but what can you tell us? Uh, so the auction every year is always the very last full
1: weekend in April. Okay. So I believe this year it's the 28th and the 29th. It is um, always hosted in conjunction with South Walton Beaches Wine and Food Festival. So we're hosted in Grand Boulevard. Um, and with. In that part, our poor vintners, sometimes the new ones, they come in and they're like, but which tent is your tent? Because there's so many, you know? You're <laughs> right. um, the big tent. We're the big one And the yes middle with the air conditioning. We It's a two, well, three days with the festival. It's a three-day event. So on Friday, we host anywhere between 10 and 15 wine dinners all throughout South Walton and Destin. So some are in homes, some are in restaurants, um, country clubs, where have you. They all have different hosts. They all have one of our charities associated with them. Nice. There is some in a, a vintner and a celebrity chef. Um, there's some fundraising that happens at the dinners that night. We always say that that night is about the charities. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a night that you can really dial in and focus on why we're all here here. Nice. And then the next day, all of us people from all of the dinners come together under the tent. All of the vintners are there plus a few extras. Um, and we, we have our big live auction. Um, and we, what I've heard over the years is that all the auctions have personalities. This is something that people say, you know, like Naples is very high and it's very elegant, um, black tie Rolls Royce type deal uh, where the party auction I like it. Which I love. Um, There are confetti cannons and smoke and everyone gets a little special thing for your cup to make sure that confetti doesn't get in your cup. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, and sparklers Mm -hmm. and extra champagne. There's that detail that I'm talking about. You guys are known for that. That's awesome. It is such a fun weekend. It is so, so, so fun. And our goal from a business standpoint is that things like our Harvest Wine and Food Festival, our sponsorship program, any other educational events we do throughout the year, that is all designed to cover all of our operational expenses, <laughs> all our salaries, the production of the auction. We purchase a lot of auction lots all of that we host the auction under a tent that we build um, a floor that we build we air condition it. it's a it's an expensive production but the goal is for all that to be covered so that you as a guest when you come in every dollar that you spend when you raise your paddle it goes straight to the kids nice so at the end of the day if we've raised 4 million dollars in the tent we're probably going to give away four million dollars, or really close to it. We're always at least really close. So last year we raised three point eight. We gave away three point seven seven five. So nice. we got
0: we're right there. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing.
1: Uh, and that's something that I think people really connect with, and it's something that we're really proud of. Yeah. Um, and from a creative standpoint, it is both of our big events. But I love that being again a small team that doesn't have necessarily this like huge corporation behind us we can kind of just like let our creativity flow. So every year the theme's a little different. It's so nice. We really enjoy just making it beautiful and fun and Tying in, you know, our, our auction catalog cover with some details in the reserve tasting and the live auction, and little things that you'll see throughout our mission moment video that we present. There's it's usually beautiful.
0: we'll link that because it's so cool.
1: Yeah, it yeah, just little things here and there. We did a year, a couple of years ago, where we did this uh, mission moment video with red balloons. Mm-hmm. Where it was a little girl with a red balloon, and there was a guy that just kept seeing them everywhere and growing and growing and growing, and they all came together, and all of our charities were together at the end, and there were all these balloons. It was really cool. Cute. Um, and the balloons signified hope and the help that you were giving our charities. Um, and then we had these beautiful, big red balloon installations in the tent. And then it was on our auction cover. And you just kind of saw these little details. Um, which I, I just... love
0: how that all ties together. I mean, you want, I think that's ultimately the goal, as you know, in, in marketing is taking that initial point of inspiration and carrying it through a journey and making sure it's felt at every point. That's the strongest conversion. I feel like that's why you guys are so successful.
1: Oh, thank you. i I'm I just, it's something that I I really love our mm-hmm. whole team loves we're all I'm very blessed that yeah. regardless of whether or not it is an event director our newest sommelier on staff mm. our president care any of it like everyone has a creative soul yeah so it makes oh well, it certainly makes my job very easy but it also just really makes it fun fun you know we yeah. can go in and have these crazy ideas and by the end of it we've come together with something that's really elegant mm-hmm. it fits our brand but we've somehow managed i don't know how many more of these i mean <laughs> 18
0: of them that have been really different yeah <laughs> you're
1: like well oh, here we no. go. <laughs> working on
0: really squeezing the creative juice out but isn't it amazing though how you feel like i don't know if i have any more but you do oh yeah always always always
1: and i really i really you know mean it when i say that i think that the charity component of what we do really drives that that's it cuz it really makes it you,
0: that's a motivating oh for thing sure driving yeah. us it's a strong us. why I and mean, yes. it's so nice it's like fuel for creativity having that so what a beautiful thing yes you
1: know and there's there are so many really important causes out there but I really am remiss to think of any large overarching causes that are more important than children Right. I mean, they are our next generation. They are born into circumstances that are completely out of their control Sure, that can really shape their lives and their trajectory and, and then shape the communities that they're in too. So, right. uh, you know, any little bit that we can do to help, we really, we try to, but it's you know, all of those charities, they volunteer with us. A lot of times, um, Tiffany Nelson from food for thought, uh, spoke to our board last night at our board meeting. And nice. she was saying that one of the first families, when she opened that she helped that one of the moms of those children is now, um, her operations manager and her kid comes and volunteers and helps pack backpacks. That's and crazy. it's just, I, I love hearing stories like that. That's amazing. I'm just, you know, man, that's like at
0: the basis of what you guys do it is and it just yeah. gives me
1: goosebumps sometimes too yeah. you know because these these charities work really really hard and you know the families they're supporting they're working so hard right. too you mm-hmm. know i mean these this is not an easy community to need help in no you know you this, know the housing crisis the disparity of wealth is just yeah. is so extreme yeah you know and where housing is available and affordable and where the jobs are don't always necessarily align yeah um but they're, they're doing some really, really good work and they're making such a big difference. Yeah, so we're just,
0: we're thrilled to be a part of it. Well, you guys are making a big difference and you're a delight, Kate. Well, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a, an easy episode. I can just <laughs> talk about these charities all
1: day. I mean, in all seriousness, awesome. they're so, I mean, and they're so easy to work with too. Yeah. You know, all, all of our directors feel like they all learn from each other. We learn from them all the time. It's yes. just, I really
0: love what I do every it's really day at work, huh? It is. Yeah. Well I feel like people are gonna have questions, but we're gonna link just basically everything, Um, especially your um, mission moment. I think that's important. So we'll share that with our audience. Um, And if you have questions for Kate, you can email them to us. Hello at francisroy.com. But thank you so much for everything that you shared with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. This was wonderful. I hope we do it again. Yeah, let's. Maybe we'll do it again next year after, and you can share with us how much money you guys raised in the big tent. Let's do it. Okay. Yes. All right, guys, we will be back in two weeks with a new episode and just another really cool story. Talk to you then.